Kia and welcome everyone to the Zoom Zoom show. It is wonderful to have your company. And we are getting back into the swing of things in terms of episodes because the Northern Hemisphere season is ramping right up and we're going to be doing a series as we lead into the World Champs in Budapest in August uh, and really get some hype around the Kiwis around the planet doing awesome stuff in the world of run, jump and throw. Now this week we've got a really special interview with none other than our recently crowned 1500 metre NCAA champion Maya Ramsden. She is absolutely on cloud nine after her impressive victory taking out that title. Uh, and also just climbing up that leaderboard in terms of New Zealand 1500 metre times as well and, and starting to think, look, she's a genuine candidate to, to hold a place to go to, to Budapest and uh, look out next year as well with the Olympics coming up around the corner. Remember, she's still got uh, one more year at university and yeah, plenty more things to come from Maya Ramsden in the world of, of middle distance running. So that interview is really special and um, especially encourage all those listeners, uh, if you have kids who are at high school age or if you are high school age yourself, to make sure you listen to that uh, and listen to her words of wisdom in terms of approaching college and uh, looking for uh, coaches and uh, how to go about you know thinking about the scholarship US college route of of your running she's got some really wise words especially for young women looking at doing that now in the news over the last little while there's been so much happening and I'll, I'll kind of go in reverse order of, uh, of of date priority so first of all um, jo Geordie Beamish has been crushing it over in Europe. He did a, a 5,000 metres in 13.14. That's just a few seconds outside that national record. And he's just been so close to breaking that 5K record uh, for the last couple of years. And it's just, you, you got to think, it's just a matter of time before he ticks that one off. He's also getting very close. He's under uh, four seconds now of Peter Renner's 3,000 metre steeplechase record. He's now down to 8.17. 0.93 getting very close to that and that's one of those records that starting to look a little bit dated New Zealand um, in terms of that 3000 meter steeples so it's really cool to see Geordie going for uh, both that 5000 meter record and that that 3000 meter steeples uh, record so keep on gunning Geordie we can't wait to see you, you crash through one of those those barriers remember he got the 3000 meter record earlier in the year now going for the 3000 steeples record now also over in Europe um, unfortunately Sam Tanner was in Norway with that amazingly fast 1500 meter time but he didn't get entry into the field which is just seems mad for the 331 runner not to get entry into that that field Instead, he went down to Nice along with Geordie when Geordie did his uh, 3K steeples and uh, Sam Tanner ran the 1500 and ran 3.33, so just a uh, second and a bit, two seconds outside of his personal best, so showing that he's in really good form and really should have been in that, that fast 1500 as well. Would have been great to see him, uh, see if he could crack that 3.30 barrier. But more to come from Sam, no doubt. Now, in the world of decathlon, Max Atwell has set a PB of 7,773 points for the 10 eventer. 
um, that was in Rattengang. I don't know where that, that is actually, but the the significant thing for Max is that he's now climbed up to fifth all time in New Zealand history for the decathlon. So that's really encouraging signs um, ahead of him. Uh, just 50 points ahead of him is Aaron Booth, and then it, we've got three guys over 8,000 metres. So Simon Pullman, Doug Pitney, and uh, Brent Newdick. They are all over 8,000. Max is getting close, getting within Kui, so that will be exciting to see Max progress. Uh, his decathlon and inc incidentally what what were the key events that he showed good improvement uh, it looks like his 100 hur 110 hurdles was was pretty solid um, that looks like the only PB out of the 10 events um, also had headwinds in, in the 100 meters uh, so that's in really encouraging signs for for Max um, Hamish Kerr, uh, I think he was in Poland. He dropped a 2.31 uh, high jump. He went for the New Zealand record at the meet for 2.35, um, but missed that, but was um, absolutely perfect up until that point. Um, Olivia McTaggart's been uh, vaulting over in Europe as well. Um, she's gone up to 4.56, which is pretty solid. Um, and our 800-metre boys have been getting into the 146s and man I feel for for Brad Mathis uh he's run 14602 uh his PB is 14600 and the number of times he's run basically 146 flat that sub 146 is coming but it must just be so frustrating uh waiting for that breakthrough to to happen you feel like once he goes under 146 he'll go way under 146 but hopefully we'll we'll see that coming now in Palmy was the New Zealand Secondary School Cross Country Champs, one of the big, big, big events in terms of uh, high school athletics. And um, it was it was some epic racing down in, there in Palmy. The course looked pretty cool. It looked, looked pretty challenging. Uh, I had some of my runners that I coached down there, and, and they had, uh, had pretty good days. Uh, but the senior boys went to Daniel Prescott, with a time of 1902 over the 6k course that's pretty that's pretty quick when you think of the the hills and the terrain that they had to deal with um daniel sinclair was just five seconds back he's from wanganui collegiate and then elliot Pugh from bethlehem uh just 10 seconds back from second uh in third place with 1917 and in the woman uh, on the 4K course, Catherine London proved her second place from last year to now be first with a, a big win, 14-11, and that was 17 seconds ahead of Bo Ritchie, who is just year 11, so I think she's got a couple more years left to, to tick off that senior girls title. Um, and then Ava Sutherland in third with a 14-37, so another nine seconds back from Bo Ritchie. Um, in terms of teams, Wellington girls took out the three-person team and the six-person team. And in the senior boys, it was Auckland Grammar with the three-person team and Westlake boys, always seen big old squads. Uh, they took out the, the six-person team. So I'll just go through the, the seniors. Um, I like to just highlight the, the, those older athletes because honestly, early years at high school, bodies are changing so much and I 
as a as a commentator of uh, all sorts of levels of athletics, I like for those younger athletes just to enjoy themselves and realize like look, a, a victory is awesome. Uh, getting um, having a bad day is is you know you have them. And especially at that that age, the ups and downs of of your body are so massive that I like to just take the pressure off and and put the highlight on on those athletes who are doing their last few years at high school because that that is often the launch pad onto the next next things. Anyway, rant rant over. Now the NCAA uh, championships, the Division One collegiate championships in the states, was held the weekend before last, or maybe it ran into the the week. I, I think it's quite a long uh, championship. We had three Kiwis taking part, so we had uh, Maya Ramsden, who's obviously on the show this week. We also had Kimberly May and Anthony Barnes in the hammer. So Kimberly uh, dropped a massive PB, 413, uh, to place ninth in her heat in the 1500 metres, and that's really exciting for Kimberly. Good progression from her. Also good progression from Anthony Barnes this year in the hammer. He finished 12th with a 69.67, but he's definitely... You know, when I look at the uh, the rankings for the hammer this year, it's so cool. I love I love this battle between the two Anthony's. Anthony Nobolo based in New Zealand, Anthony Barnes based in the States at college. There's only about a year separating them in terms of age. Um, Anthony Nobolo is 1999 birth, Anthony Barnes 2000. Uh, and they're both dropping PBs uh, almost every so second or third meet that they do at the moment. And so Anthony Barnes has gone up over 70 metres this year, 70.53. That's only less than three metres now away from Angus Cooper's 1994 record of 73 metres 10. And Anthony Nobolo is getting close to that 70 metre mark with a 68.95. So... So much more to come from those the Anthony's uh, and expect them. I'm sure next year both of them will be up into the seventies um, and and really challenging that New Zealand record. So that was exciting to see Anthony uh, really doing well in the college scene. Uh, but obviously Maya Ramson took the took the spotlight in terms of the Kiwis over there in uh, in the states at, at college. Now, I do have to talk about what's been happening in the 1500 metres because Rebecca Green, she's been on a bit of a PB tear over in Europe. Uh, I think she set three PBs in the space of uh, eight days. Uh, so her personal best in the 1500 metres is now down to 411.49. So that's really encouraging. So as in context, Nikki Hamblin's New Zealand record is 404. So we've got this kind of logjam situation with five women under 420 this year so far. So that's Penelope Salmon, and um, she is also based in the, in the States in Harvard, I believe, with, um, with Maya. And then we've got Kimberly May, who's 413. And all these girls have set PBs this year. Then we've got Laura Nagel. She's down, down to 411.63. Rebecca Green, that rivalry between the two continues with Becky Green going down to 411.49, just a split second ahead of Laura. And then Maya Ramsden is down to 408 with that win uh, at the NCAs. So 
really cool to see just that that bar being lifted and you know like i say there's there's a whole bunch of of women looking to progress and in the interview with maya we talk about the road to budapest and how these the top three girls are placed um and right now if if the cut out a uh, cutoff day was today we'd be sending the three of them most likely to the world champs in budapest um it remains to be seen to see what happens in terms of those those points. Um, but wouldn't it be great to see three black singlets in the women's 1500 meters? How good would that be? All right, so moving on to other results. Tom Walsh has posted the, the top senior men's uh, shot put uh, distance this year with a 22-22. Uh, so that's exciting as well for... Um, for Tom to move to the the top, uh, we, you know, we saw Jacko take out the national title for the first time, national senior title ahead of Tom earlier this year. Now Tom's, as he always does, he peaks perfectly for the Northern Hemisphere summer, 22-22. Of course, he's got Ryan Krauser, who's just dropping bombs and just continues to progress out the front of the field. But... Good signs from Tom, 22-22, that is a big old heave. In uh, other news, just sort of scanning through what's what's been going on, Imogen Skelton with a solid 1-8-1 one, one high jump over in Europe. Uh, Becky Green's big PBs in the uh, 1500 metres. And then over in Town Townsville in Australia, I was saying that very Australian, wasn't I? Townsville. Uh, Daniel a Danielle Aitchison uh, broke two uh, New Zealand records, well, equaled one uh, one record in the T36-200 with a 28.98, but broke the New Zealand record in the 100 T36 with a 13.81, and that was into a negative 2.9 wind. So that's impressive from Danielle, and good signs to come from Danielle. Now, finally in the news, before we jump over to Maya Ramsden, we need to talk about the World Mountain Running uh, and Trail Championships, which was held over in Innsbruck um, about, ooh, what are we at now? About 10 days ago. So uh, we had a, a solid solid team, uh, and they there's multiple disciplines, how, how the World Champs works these days. You've got long trail events, which is like an ultra, short trail, which is around about a marathon. And then you've got the vertical race, which is just brutal. It's just straight up uh, for 7Ks. And then the more traditional uh, up and down uh, mountain classic. So leading the, the charge in the vertical was Toby Batchelor. He finished 54th. Um, and the best of the females was uh, Maya Flint uh, with a 68th. Um, and man, when you see the footage of the, even the first place getters crossing the finish line, that, it's brutal. There's so much acidosis going on in those legs uh, at that finish line. It's just ridiculous. Now in the short trail, the, the 45k, it was Dwight Grieve who uh, was the top male with a, a 110th place, so big fields in that race. And Caitlin Fielder finished a really impressive 12th place Um to do a 521 uh, so that was actually faster than Dwight Greaves so impressive running there from from Caitlin in the long trail event uh Western Hill 
it was 39th and in the women's uh well shannon lee lit was in the field but didn't finish so finally the mountain classic which we saw a lot of those who did the vertical double back toby bachelor again was the top male in the field and uh, maya flint was the top female in the field with a 65th and a 53rd for toby bachelor uh Benjamin Rickaby was in the junior race for that one, uh, finishing 59th. So well done to all those athletes taking on some of the best trail and mountain runners in the world. Really cool experience uh, for those those athletes. And man, it looked like hard work. So very impressive. Now I'm going to hand over to Maya Ramsden. Really enjoy this interview. And, and like I said before, make sure you share this interview uh, with, with your high school athletes that you know because uh, she... She just offers some some bucket loads of wisdom and experience uh, from her three years so far at college. And, um, you know, not all U.S. colleges are built the same. So definitely do your homework in how you choose and reach out to those those schools. Talk to students who have been there, uh, understand the coaching and team set up in those universities. But I will hand it over to Maya Ramsden, our 1500-meter NCA champion. And we're away. The final of the 100 metres. Here we go. Tell you what, she's given it a decent old nudge there. Yes! That's over 60. That's what she was looking for. The pack is chasing. The pack is trying to hunt him down. So aggressive in her crossover steps as she whips that through. Opened up a 15 metre gap on the Olympic bronze medalist. Can he hold it together? Here he goes, putting his foot down. She's on the toe. She goes. Okay, so I'm really excited to have joined the, the Zoom Zoom show. Maya Ramsden, fresh off winning the NCAA 1500-meter title. And how are you Are you coming to grips? It's been a week now. So are you coming to grips with how amazing that is being collegiate champ? Uh, it's pretty crazy still, to be honest. Um, I Yeah, I, not what I went into that meet expecting, um, but so happy. And so kind of, yeah, figuring out what it means, um, not just for this summer, but for kind of the rest of my collegiate career as well. Still kind of pinching myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you've, you've sort of been progressing um, and, and we'll sort of talk about what you've been doing over the last couple of years, but last year was a, a big result making the, the final. Um, and I think you, you did a PB in the 1500 last year. Is that right? Um, yeah. And then you performed really well at, uh, at the cross country champs. And then was it fifth in the mile? in 4.30 indoors. So definitely the trajectory was heading there towards the podium. But were you were you ex- expecting, thinking, oh, maybe I could nab a medal or potentially I could um, could get the title? Yeah, I think going into indoors, there was like a lot of buzz because um, I kind of, I had that fast time going in and you kind of, I feel like I bounced oh it's great that I've run this fast but also the the times really don't matter once you get on the the start line and everybody who's there has kind of an equal chance it feels like at at the title um yeah but I was I was a little I would say dissatisfied with indoors um I was super happy kind of with the outcome uh independently of 
other things but like I feel like kind of the way I raced I wasn't super pleased with my clothes and just kind of thought there was a bit more there um but then didn't have I had a good build to outdoors but it wasn't as picture perfect as indoors like had a little calf thing there wasn't as many fast fast races to kind of get in before championship season um but had really been working and had been working all year and kind of not being as nervous and I used to just be really kind of debilitatingly nervous it wasn't enjoyable um I thought Mm. I gave myself like a stomach ulcer last year I didn't but I was like just so anxious for for championship season and so this year coming into nationals outdoors I kind of didn't want to necessarily have those super high like big goals um but definitely kind of the goal was for myself like I would love to finish top three um or just like beat my placing Mm. indoors I think that was kind of uh something that felt within reach but not too scary of a goal like saying I'm a title contender is a bit a bit scary um so I didn't really think through that one especially kind of in the weeks leading up to it yeah 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 dealing with that pressure is it is a it is a massive art hey and we've just had the New Zealand secondary schools cross-country champs um in Palmerston North over the weekend and I know like you know even at that level it can be so nerve-wracking um you know for a lot of those athletes it'll be the biggest race of their life and um you know people eyeing up scholarships or you know New Zealand junior teams and um yeah it it can be huge and it can take a while to work out how your how your brain works how you're to set that um that yeah that that mental attitude and get your get your headspace in in the right place eh? because yeah you can almost self-sabotage your own prep by just getting too anxious about it yeah Yeah. now it looked like the uh the sorry you go Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Cool. Now, it looked like in, in that first lap, um, like coming into this race, um, I guess the talk was around what Caitlin Tui was going to do, whether she could um, get the 1500 as, as well as the 5K being sort of the, the favoured athlete, I suppose, over the, those longer dis- distances. But it, w- mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see how she took it out so hard. Um, and it looked like your your mindset at the start was like no I'm just going to run my own race and um and stay calm but with that first lap seeing those three athletes you know two athletes behind Caitlin seeing them go off in the distance were you kind of thinking oh my gosh the race is is running away from me or did you stay calm in those first two laps I think I think like had there not been someone calling splits, I might have thought that. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, there's kind of someone standing at the start line reading off the splits, and I'm just hearing 63, cool. 64, 65. And like, <laughs> I, <laughs> knowing how quick their first lap was, I think gave me a little bit more pause to, to be like, okay, the chance of someone actually maintaining this pace in a college field, um, is pretty low and you know it's been done before I think the last time NCAAs were in Texas was when um like Jeff Hull and Sinclair Johnson um right they 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 ran super fast it was four or five I think and but 
that's kind of a once in a blue moon situation. So I think it was a bit scary seeing that much of a gap, but also hearing what those splits were, I was kind of validated in, in running my race from, from a little bit further back because I just think that really would have changed my ending had I gone out that quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's still like you still had a decent pack running with you. So was oh, yeah. this still a bit of elbows out, like clipping of heels and all, all that kind of thing? Like it looked like you had to do a bit of work running into lane two. And Yeah, for sure there was. And it, I will say it wasn't as messy as some of the heats. Like my heat in Texas was super messy and someone fell. And then the kind of heats and finals at our regional meet a few weeks ago were really messy. My shoe came off halfway and I had to get new spikes. And huh. so in comparison to those, it was pretty tame. I do think sometimes the heats or the rounds get a bit, um, a bit more antsy because people are, people are anxious and there's like a nervous energy that you can really yeah. feel amongst your competitors that settles a little bit for the final. Um, so, but definitely still, you know, it's, it's middle distance racing. So it's catty and you kind of got to watch where you step. Um, but that's what makes it fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all part of the fun of it. Now, coming in towards the last lap, I think you'd moved up into fifth or sixth place. And, and it looked like, you know, tactically, because I didn't watch it live. I just, I, I already knew the result. And so sort of watching you coming into that last last lap, was like, oh man, she's, She's timing it perfectly. But on the bell, were you feeling pretty good? And were you seeing um, Caitlin coming back towards you a little? Wasn't seeing her come back to me um, or Izzy, um, who's a friend and competitor at Oregon. Um, she's actually Australian. Um, but yeah. she came in second. And so, like, they were kind of running together. But I kind of, like... I had my eyes on a couple other girls who I saw moving up. Uh, it's something I've been working on this year. I would say my coach and I have had a lot of conversations about kind of how you don't have to be there with 800 to go or even 600 to go, but kind of using the entire race or up until the bell lap to get yourself into a position that you want to be in. Um, so I've kind of been practicing that. And obviously like in the uni season, you race with the same people um, kind of week after week. And so I had a good sense, I would say, of who I thought moved well within the field and just kind of eyed their, eyed their backs and kind of if they made a move outside to pass someone, I'd just stick on the back and hop along. And then at 400 to go, I was feeling pretty good. Um, and so cool. just went for it. Uh, and then down the back straight at that point, I feel like it's just muscle memory. Like we've run 300 emulating the last 300 of the race so many times in practice and 200s even more and then you get to 120 and it's just we've done this before I know where the gear changes happen and at that point the field kind of melts away and you're just like getting to the line that's that's awesome it's like the 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 dream of every middle distance runner to wind <laughs> wind up through the gears and feel like everyone's going backwards eh? um, now I saw a video uh, from I think it was your teammates and your your coach, and they were around about the 100 meters to go mark as you're coming off that bend, and they were just losing it as you <laughs> uh, moved into first place. Could you hear them from the sideline, or were you just focused on uh, running as fast as you possibly could? 
No, I actually couldn't hear anything. And my family, my mom <laughs> and um, grandma were visiting. My mom was like watching me race for the first time since wow. I don't know when, a, a while. Um, really? Definitely since coming yeah. to uni. And because uh, it's just far for her to come. She flew um, she flew straight from Wellington so uh, and, and met us in Texas. But she, I asked her specifically not to sit with my coach so that in, in the hopes that I might hear him <laughs> for some, some mid-race advice and couldn't hear yeah. anything. And then at that point, just, wow. I think I was just in the zone. Um, but I heard my teammates um, when I crossed the line and kind of saw them in the stands yelling and then they ran around to see me. Yeah, and that, that moment was pretty special. Yeah. When you crossed so that cool. finish line and, and you had the title. Uh, it was just, and it was just amazing. And like, again, because, because I know all the other girls, like everyone's really happy for each other's success. So we had a big kind of hug on the finish line. And um, one of my former teammates who's uh, doing a fifth year at University of New Mexico, she's just graduating. So it was like my last time racing with her. And, you know, it gets so emotional. Yeah. You're happy and you're, you want to be happy for everyone else. And you're sad for people whose race didn't go how they wanted it to and it was just like a big storm of hugging and people were crying <laughs> <laughs> very cool oh that, that's amazing and um how hard was it to come back and then do the 5,000 meters uh after that that must have been almost impossible to try and put the the spikes back on and and get out and try and get get back into game face mode yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't my best work, I would say. Um, I think I did the double indoors of a mile and then yeah. an hour later, the 3K. And that was great. I actually really enjoyed it um, because the 3K was uh, no stakes. It was whatever happens, happens. There wasn't really enough yeah. time. It was an hour. I, I kind of just, my cool down was my warm up. I just ran for like, jog John for 10 minutes and kind of had to get back into marshalling and put my spikes back on and stuff. Um, and because I was not the most happy with my mile result, I really had felt like I had something to prove going into the 3k. Whereas this time it was a little longer. It was almost a full two hours, I think. And there was so much to happen in between um, because there was a podium and interviews and had to see my family and my teammates and it was also happy yeah uh and so kind of the adrenaline rush of all of that too I think I just wasn't mentally more so than physically prepared to get back on the start line um but you know we grinded through it and it's done don't know if I'll do that (laughs) double again but it was a good experience (laughs) yeah well what a what a weekend and what a way to enter into the summer um, so why don't we, before we sort of talk about your, your future plans, why don't we rewind the clock and, and hear about your story? Because it's it's quite a fascinating one. Um, like some of our, our Kiwi listeners will remember you from a couple of years ago taking out the, the 1500 and 800 uh, junior titles at Nationals. So that was 2020. And then back yeah. in 2019, you also took out the... Uh, the 1500 under 20s and the 800 silver medal um but your your parents have have done a fair amount of travel and and you've been based all over the world so um give us a a, a brief rundown of, of sort of how that's how that's looked and when the when the running bug kind of hit for you as well 
Mm. Yeah. So I guess I'll start from the start. Well, my dad is born and raised in Masterton, um, and my mom um, was born and grew up in Connecticut in the U.S. Um, and they met in Vanuatu when um, they were both working. My dad was working for the New Zealand Ministry of Foreign Affairs, um, which is where he cool. still works and why we moved around so much. And my mom was working for an NGO. Um, and so then I was born in New York uh, while dad was working for the New Zealand Mission to the UN. And then we were there until cool. I was about, we were in the US until I was about three and a half uh, and then moved back to Wellington uh, my sister was born there and kind of were there for a couple of years um, and then got some more postings with, so we were at like, dad was working for the New Zealand High Commissioner Embassy in all of the places um, in Solomon Islands and then Fiji and wow. then Ethiopia uh, and wow. then came to uni here and my family moved back to Wellington, which is where they are now. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then, and do you remember, like, did you grow up sort of playing a bunch of different sports or was athletics sort of the um, the main focus growing up? Dad will say I was pretty bad at sports generally as a kid. Um, I guess how it started is, like, I did wheat fix triathlons in Wellington as a kid. Cool. Um, and then nice. we, moved, we moved to Solomon. There was quite a active triathlon scene uh and ocean swimming yeah. and it, you know it's beautiful and so my parents really got involved in that and i do the kitty ones um and then when we moved to cool. fiji i just didn't really enjoy the swimming part mom mom <laughs> kind of made us keep swimming um but that's where i i had an amazing pe teacher who then became my first coach i say do mario um and he was a kind of javelin and rugby coach not as much as running but we just had a really good working relationship um and he kind of was super invested in learning how to coach distance running um Mm. and so the two of us kind of learned together I would say and he's just super wise in general um and I really attribute a lot of my kind of long-term success and love of running to him but he pulled me aside after PE class and was like you want to come come by the track this afternoon and, and try and run with your school's team um and high school like secondary school's athletics in fiji is huge because they have the national awesome. championships or the coca-cola games and you get twenty thousand people on the stands and uh, the old boys wow. and girls from the different high schools come back and watch and it's just it's like a festival for four days it's amazing um and so being there and growing up in that environment it was so cool to do athletics. Um, and that's kind of how it started. And then obviously moving to Ethiopia was a, was a happy coincidence because I went yeah. from one place that loved running to another place that really, really loved running. Um, yeah. So that really cemented it for me. Wow. So uh, were you at, at altitude in, in Ethiopia? I don't know really the geography yeah. that much, but I assume most of Ethiopia is up pretty high. Yes, we were at, I want to say it's like is 2,700 or 2,800 meters is the number that's coming to mind. Does wow. that sound with it? Yeah, it's really that, high. That sounds high. Yeah. Yes. Um, you definitely get a bit of altitude sickness going back. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out. And then I kind of started coming home to compete when I was in Fiji, um, Athletics New Zealand. Oh. And um, 
NZSSA, what is it? Secondary School Athletics Association were super yeah. uh, kind of generous and helpful in, in letting me come and enter meets. So I would come back and compete for Wellington awesome. and yeah. That's great. What a what a cool upbringing, um, seeing so much of the world, and and now you you've found yourself at Harvard. Was was that a a, a academic decision, a, a sporting decision, or a little bit of both? Definitely the Venn diagram of a bit of both. I think I didn't yeah. know, um, kind of in year eleven or year twelve, whether I wanted to run at uni or even where I was going to go to school because um, I'm a yeah. dual citizen. So I, I kind of looked at going to school here, looked at going to school in New Zealand, didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. Um, and then I guess kind of as I kept running and had to think hard about what I was going to do about athletics after graduating um, secondary school, then I was kind of like, okay, I think I want to run. And I think that um, in that regard, the NCAA is going to be a good fit um, to kind of keep up on the running thing. Um, and so then started narrowing it down was like, I want, I want a place that's going to be still has me as a student first and I want it to be division one. Um, and then I also kind of narrowed it geographically because my grandma, uh, who I'd never really got to spend a lot of time with before, um because we live so far away was she's in Connecticut so I wanted somewhere within a radius of six or seven hours of her so I could see a bit of my family too oh that's awesome yeah good good choice and and incidentally what are you studying what's the what's the focus have you narrowed in on a major yeah so I'm in a department called history and literature um and it's like it's kind of like a cultural studies degree and I'm focusing on specific literature, um, which is super exciting awesome. and like kind of brings me home in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah. it, it's, I've really loved my degree here. Awesome. And so you're, am I right in saying your second year, just finished your second year, um, two Third. years to go, or is it one year to go? Third year. One year okay. to go. I, yeah. Cool. <laughs> which is scary. Awesome. Yeah, far out. <laughs> the the big bad world's waiting for you in twelve months to go. Um, now, talking of that, what's the what's the plan for your summer? Are you going to uh, focus on some running, or you're saying as well that you were um, going to carry on a little bit of your studies over the summer? Yeah. So the current plan, um, and you know, subject to change over the next uh, couple of weeks, but. I'm definitely like taking some downtime right now from a running standpoint. The NCAA season is really long. Um, kind of, we've yeah. been kind of going since, since January with no downtime. So my body and my mind are, are a little tired of running. Um, but then the, the plan pre-NCAA is just to kind of shut the season down now, um, thinking that world champs are a bit of a reach. Um, and then kind of taking taking the summer of base training to get ready for an NCAA cross-country season, um, and then also doing some thesis research. So um, I'm going to Fiji to do some work in the archives there, some research, um, cool. and then I'm going home, and I'll kind of keep be, be writing away and doing some research. Um, so that was the current plan, but 
definitely summer training is, or U.S. summer training is a lot of running anyway. And, and we'll see what competitive opportunities arise. Yeah, because right now you're you're ranked in the the road to Budapest standings um, at forty second, and I believe it goes up to like fifty something. Um, and alongside you, we've also got Rebecca Green, who's uh, sitting at forty eighth, and Laura Nagel, who's sitting at fifty fifth. So potentially, we could see uh, three three Kiwi women in the 1500 meters at, at Budapest. Um, and, and I guess that comes when you win the NCA title, that comes with a lot of points. Um, yeah. And so is it sort of a matter of just seeing what happens to those, those points over the coming, um, I think it's six weeks till, till the cutoff in early August. Um, or are you going to look at some races uh, maybe further into July? I think at this point it's a it's a waiting game for me personally. I think the the um, the NCAA final was something that we didn't expect in our kind of my coach and I sat yeah. down. I would say in February, um, February or March. I think it was after I ran my mile PB. We kind of sat down and looked at what it would take to make world champs, um, and yeah, did not factor in those extra bonus points that, that came last weekend. Uh, so that definitely yeah. changed things a little bit. Um, I think I, I haven't even had like my exit interview with my coach yet to, to kind of debrief on the weekend. We both were just kind of taking the time to, to let it settle down and sink in. And then yeah, we're meeting yeah. um, sometime this coming week, us time. So sometime tomorrow onwards. Oh. Um, but I think that, probably if I had to guess what he's going to say is more races at this point like my body is tired uh I don't know if I can kind yeah. of bang out another performance like that um and I kind of said in February that the nice thing that I I think based on who's been my coaches um super grateful to them especially because two of my most kind of influential coaches have been men coaching coaching women's teams which uh, I think you know, we have a lot in, especially in the NCAA collegiate system of people really fostering really, really unhealthy cultures on women's teams that, um, especially mm. with like eating and hormones and not feeling enough, it's leading yeah. to kind of their long-term health, uh, really being put at risk. Luckily, I don't feel I've never had an experience like that. Um, and so I kind of see myself with a long future in the sport. Um, yeah. So what he and I kind of talked about in February was definitely like running the best season we could given the limitations of being at uni and being on a uni team and then seeing what happens and, you know, crossing my fingers that, that the stars kind of align and that we did enough in that season to, to make a team happen. Um, but if it doesn't, then I'm kind of, I'm looking to next year for sure. This is really I would say yeah. change my mindset about making national teams next year. And it feels way more within reach. Um, and then world champs in, in 2025 um, as kind of a, a definitive uh, goal and somewhat of an expectation for myself, I would say. Um, but, yeah. you know, I think it's been seven days since, since that result. And I'm still kind of processing and talking to, talking to a huge variety of people. So, I say this now and next this time next week, I could have a completely different answer and be getting on start list. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it's really cool. And I think, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to hear from you as well um, what you'd re- recommend to young athletes who are looking mm. at going to a, a college in the States, particularly those female athletes, um, because we do see so many um, young women head over to the States with, with a lot of promise and then either get burnt out or just lost in the system. Um, and so would you have any advice for those, those young athletes? And, and I guess there's, there's a lot of them who have just done New Zealand cross um, and thinking, Hey, that was a good result. And maybe starting to get some emails coming through from, yeah. uh, from teams. What, what sort of questions would you be looking to ask a potential yeah. team or coach? Uh, first, I just think that like, I had no idea about the extent um, kind of of the issues here. And it's not to say that it doesn't exist at home because I I feel like within distance running and women's distance running, it it exists globally. But I do feel like the the way that the NCAA is set up um, with kind of these teams that you're super close to and you're super close to your coach and Mm. the the whole community. And that's, most of the time is a really good thing, but it also means that when there's a toxic culture and if you kind of do have a systemic issue of girls under fueling, uh, it's going to be more widespread. Um, and I just don't think I had any idea until I got to uni and like talked to older teammates and talked to my coach and everyone starts explaining it to you. And then all of a sudden you look around. And so I, I think honestly, the first thing is, is just um, being aware of of that and like having your eyes wide open and having that as like a filter Mm. that you're kind of scanning for I think that there's some stuff at home like I'm not super connected um to them but I just kind of follow them on Instagram um like Femi and they're kind of yeah Yeah. they're they're really like really great voices for kind of teaching us all about it um because the research is so new so I would, but I also think like asking coaches who are recruiting you point blank, like what, what does your team do to, to kind of um, think about this or is this an issue on your team? Um, those can be pretty scary questions to ask. And I don't know, like, I don't, I don't actually know if I could have asked them as a 17 or 18 year old. Um, like it's, it's much easier for me to say now, I would say, because um, <laughs> the recruiting process is pretty terrifying in some ways like it, yeah, it just feels yeah. like you're making big decisions and um yeah yeah I think my other piece of advice would be to send the emails like don't just wait for emails to come in and like look at at places mm. that you think you want to go to and send those coaches emails because I know my coach like I kind of will keep an eye on the New Zealand athletic scene and I'll be like oh like look at this girl and now we have another Kiwi she's a uh, first year Penelope um who's yeah, awesome. first year so we're like both of us kind of will look and we'll, we'll send him names but you know he didn't know about either of us until we kind of reached out to him so I think that's the other really? thing like, wow. don't be don't be limited by who talks to you because a lot of times the coaches just don't know you're out there um and and yeah. keep the communication going because sometimes it's just a matter of who who's still talking when the decisions are happening on this end yeah 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 no that that's really cool and it's cool to hear as well your coach having that long-term perspective like 
we don't just want you running for four years of your life. We want you running as a, as a lifetime pursuit and focusing. Um, like I remember Nick Willis's coach when he was at college, um, you know, really focusing on we want you peaking in your mid-20s, late-20s after you've finished college. Um, and so it's really cool to hear uh, those, those coaches who have that long-term perspective. Um, and also that the the healthy perspective, you know, the the best runners are the healthiest runners. So actually taking that yeah. holistic approach is, is is really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Awesome. And like I think genuinely a lot of it was luck for me. I, I wasn't thinking about yeah. it then, but I'm very grateful now. Yeah, really cool. Well, uh, thanks so much, Maya, and uh, congrats again on your, your amazing result. Uh, it was a, a really well well put together race and um, thoroughly th- thoroughly deserved. And so it's it's so cool to see a New Zealand junior champ going on to become US collegiate champ. Uh, I think that's really inspiring for uh, a lot of young women watching at home. I know uh, the, the girls that I coach uh, will be looking to what you did uh, seven days ago and, and being pretty inspired by it. So uh, thanks for, for everything you're doing over there and, and all the best for your, your summer travels and study. And, and hopefully there's a, there's a little sneaky trip to Budapest in there as well. Crossing my fingers. Thank you so much for having me on, Hayden. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you got a lot out of that Maya Ramsden interview. I definitely enjoyed catching up with her. Now, How you can support this show is by hitting that subscribe button, but also hit the share button, share it out to your social media, drop it on your stories, tag us in the Zoom Zoom show. Uh, That really just helps to get uh, uh, the word out, get the algorithm helping uh, us get the word out um, and just uh, spread the word. So we will catch you shortly. Remember, we're diving into a bit of a season now of Zoom Zoom Show podcast. So stay tuned for more to come as we build up towards Budapest in August.